Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. And today we're going to talk about a very, very serious topic, sugar. Uh, yes, sugar is a serious topic because so many people, I think, are starting to understand the impact that sugar has on the body, on health, on chronic disease, and at the same time, it hurts to understand because sugar tastes so good. <laughs> but you can have your cake and eat it too if you understand what is happening and if you understand that it is how you take in sugar that leads to, that can potentially lead to many chronic diseases, obesity, type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance, all of those kinds of things. Sugar has become a very, very big part of American society. On average, an American consumes 57 pounds of sugar a year. 57 pounds of sugar a year. 80% of the frankenfoods that we ingest... Frankenfoods are food-like substances that many of us eat every day. Actually, 58% of our diets are made up of frankenfoods. They are ultra-processed foods, anything that comes in a box or in a bag. 80% of frankenfoods contain added sugars. The, uh, the government does have a recommendation for, uh, for added sugar intake for a day. For women, it is six teaspoons. For men, it is nine teaspoons, and for children, it is between three and six teaspoons. But, of course, we don't. These are probably the only recommendations that we go over for our protein recommendations. We don't get close for our veggie recommendations. We don't get close, but for our sugar recommendations, we tend to blow them out of the water. The average American ingests, the average woman ingests 15 teaspoons a day. The average man, which is the recommendation is six. The average man ingests 19 teaspoons a day. The recommendation is nine. And for children, oh my goodness, they ingest on average between 12 and 20 teaspoons of sugar a day. So lots to go over and lots to review about sugar. Now, sugar is confusing because has, there are 61 different names for sugar. That's, that's a lot of names to keep up with. So it's not up to you to remember those 61 names by any stretch, but there are 61 different names for sugar, which makes sugar, which can make it very confusing. But nutrition can also be confusing. We hear about different diets and the keto diet and how the keto diet is the best thing in the world and then when fasting and how fasting is the best thing in the world and now there's the carnival diet and the carnival diet's the best thing in the world and vegeta vegetation diet try that one again vegetarian diet and vegan and so on and so forth like the amount of diets that come and go is ridiculous the amount of exercise programs that come and go is ridiculous um, but nutrition especially can be very confusing um our nutrition coach, 
Trevis Jansen has a lot to say about how confusing nutrition can be. One of the ways nutrition is confusing is through what is called the health halo effect. Let's hear what Coach Trevis has to say about the health halo effect. So a health halo effect is always going to be on the front side of the product. So it is used to catch the consumer's eye to make us feel that that product is healthier than its counterpart or any other product out there. So, and why is that important? Well, it's important, number one, so that you don't waste your money buying something that's not as healthy as you, as you believe that it is. And research also shows that because of this health halo effect, we actually overconsume the product because we think it's healthier than other products. Thanks, Coach Trevis, about the information on the health halo effect. As you can see, patch packaging can be very confusing. We make packages look like they are healthy. We make them sound healthy. We make our products sound our products. I'm not making them. Um, otherwise, probably have something a little better than this rickety table sitting in front of me. Nonetheless, um, products are meant to sound healthy so that we think that they're healthy so that we eat more of them. Um, that particular clip is from a nutrition lesson in Good Wolf Academy. Good Wolf Academy is our online group coaching program that is here to help you develop the best lifestyle possible to help you become your best self. We do that through a multitude of different ways. You get monthly nutrition lessons. You get weekly movement lessons, a daily movement practice Monday through Friday to help nudge you and get you moving literally throughout the day because movement is something we need regularly. We don't move enough. You also get two optimized recipes a month. We have the good wolf feed in there where you can go in and ask questions and get clarification on anything whenever you get lost. All great things in Good Wolf Academy, not to mention our mastery courses that are included. Mastery courses as a standalone can cost anywhere from $100 to $250 plus. So you get those mastery courses included in Good Wolf Academy as long as you're a member. Good Wolf Academy is only $35 a month, but you can get started for free for two weeks. Two weeks for free, absolutely free. Two weeks, take in as much information as you want for two weeks. And if you think that that's all it's worth, then great, you can move on. But after that, it is only $35 a month. You can get started by going to Thriveology thriveology.us slash Goodwolf Academy to get your two weeks absolutely free. Sugar, though, is still very confusing. What is sugar and how do we start to understand how sugar impacts the body? Well, sugar, as we think about it, is of course, those 61 different names that we talked about. We didn't talk, we didn't go over all 61 names because that would take a long time since there are 61 of them. But that, when we say sugar, generally that's what we're talking about. But of course, there's much more to sugar than just the names that we call them. Within sugar, what sugars actually are, are molecules called saccharides. There are four types of saccharides. Saccharide number one is called monosaccharide, which means one or one molecule of sugar. Disaccharides, which mean two, di means two or two molecules of sugar. Oligo, 
saccharides, which means a few, a few in this context, meaning three to nine molecules of sugar, and then poly, which means many, that is 10 plus molecules of sugar. So with monosaccharides, there are three main monosaccharides. These are the only ones to be sure, but they're the ones that we'll talk about the most. There's glucose, fructose, and galactose. Glucose, fructose, and galactose. Those are single molecule saccharides. Disaccharides, which includes things like sucrose. Sucrose is table sugar, for instance. Uh, sucrose is fructose and glucose together. It is a 50-50 combination of fructose and glucose. There's high fructose corn syrup is a disaccharide. It is also fructose and glucose together. I believe it's 55-45 fructose to glucose. There's lactose, which is glucose and galactose together, combined together to create lactose, the sugar lactose. And then when we get down to oligo and polysaccharides, oligo again meaning a few molecules. In this context, it's three to nine. And then poly meaning many molecules, which is 10 plus. Those are starches and fibers, basically. Starches are digestible carbohydrates. They, are, they come in the form of like potatoes, sweet potatoes, and rices, also some veggies. And then fibers, which are found in those all of those things as well, veggies and fruits, all that good stuff. Fibers are non-digestible. So mono and disaccharides are what are known as simple carbohydrates. You may have heard this term simple carbohydrate. This was popularized probably in the 80s and 90s, simple carbs and complex carbs. Simple carbs are as the saying or the thought went back in the day, simple carbs, when you eat them, you digest them very quickly, and therefore you increase your likelihood of gaining weight. Complex carbs, you digest them slowly, and therefore you wouldn't potentially gain as much weight. Um, the truth of the matter is all carbohydrates that you ingest, except fiber, of course, because fiber, remember, is non-digestible, We'll go over why in a second. But all carbohydrates except fiber are broken down into monosaccharides eventually. All of them are broken down into monosaccharides. So all of them are broken down into simple sugars, single molecule sugars. So that process starts in the mouth. Now we're not going to go over the full digestive process here. We're going to go over just a little bit of it. Um, if you want to know how the body digests food, you can go back to the Counting Calories series where we went over literally step-by-step step what happens whenever you digest food. But nonetheless, the digestion of carbohydrates starts in the mouth with an enzyme called alpha amylase. That literally, that enzyme literally starts to break the, uh, break the carbohydrate molecules down, pull them apart before you even swallow them. Now, fiber, like I said, you obviously chew fiber and you chew it up and that technically breaks the food apart, but it doesn't start to break down and it is not broken down. Once you get, once you swallow it, when you swallow, it goes to the esophagus and starts and goes into the stomach and all carbohydrates, of course, are then churned in the stomach and then they move into the small intestine. Once they're in the small intestine, then carbohydrates are broken down 
more through more enzymes. Fiber, however, is not broken down. And this is because humans do not contain the enzyme to break down fibers. And by fibers, I mean, um, the, well, the one that I'll reference is cellulose. Cellulose is in fruits and vegetables. Um, the enzyme cellulase that breaks down fibers or cellulose, we don't, we don't contain it. We don't have it. So literally our bodies don't break those things down and don't, they don't become part of us, if you will. With everything else, though, with all over other carbohydrates, they're broken down by their individual enzymes. Sucrose is broken down by sucrase. Lactose is broken down by lactase, and so on and so forth. Once they're broken down in their, into their constituent parts, parts, and all carbohydrates become monosaccharides, or one-molecule saccharides, they then enter the bloodstream through the intestines, through things called enterocytes. And once in the bloodstream, they do a number of different things based on the monosaccharide. So, like I said, the three that we're going to talk about primarily are glucose, fructose, and galactose. Galactose is primarily converted into glucose. It's converted into glucose through uh, an enzyme or it is activated through an enzyme called galactokinase. As you can notice, all of these enzymes end in ACE. So anytime you hear the word ACE, at least when it's referring to the body, it's probably talking about an enzyme that either breaks something down or starts the process of something, of some biological or physiological process in the body. Nonetheless, galactose is converted into glucose. That process is started by an enzyme called galactokinase. Um, before, I, let, let me back up for just a second because I want to reference uh, lactose intolerance real quick. We already talked about fiber and how we cannot break fiber down because we don't contain certain enzymes. Cellulase being one of those enzymes, not being able to break down cellulose. When people are lactose intolerant, they lack the enzyme lactase, which break breaks down lactose. So that's where that link comes from. Now you can take supplements that contain the lactase enzyme whenever you take dairy or whenever you want to eat dairy. I wouldn't recommend doing this regularly, but if you are a person who is lactose intolerant, which most adults are, then at least to some degree, then you can get a supplement that contains the enzyme lactase whenever you have a dairy product. Like I said, I wouldn't recommend doing that regularly, but if you do that once on the weekend, then that'll help regulate those after effects, which are no fun. Okay, let's get back to once these molecules are in the bloodstream. So they enter the bloodstream through enterocytes that are in the small intestine. Galactose is converted into glucose. So then primarily what we're dealing, dealing with are the molecules glucose and fructose in the body. I'm going to take a quick drink through my wonderful Thrivology mug.
water always tastes better out of that mug for some reason. Um, so primarily what we're dealing with is glucose and fructose once we, once it comes down to it. Uh, so glucose is then, once glucose enters the bloodstream, it stimulates the release of insulin from the pancreas. Insulin then shuttles glucose out throughout the body. Almost every cell in the body can utilize glucose in some way, shape, or form to produce energy. Glucose is very important. It is the primary source for our body's production of energy. So it is shuttled out to many cells, all cells in the body to produce energy via insulin. Um, this happens through a process called glycolysis. And the enzyme that starts this process is called hexokinase. I know that you're probably waiting for a test on all this, but I think it's interesting to know and probably, not probably, it's also important to know if you want to make informed decisions. Um, nonetheless, so glucose enters the bloodstream. That releases the production of insulin. Insulin then shuttles glucose off to cells in the body to be used to produce energy. Any glucose that, that, that is then left over, that's not used in cells in the body to produce energy, is then shuttled to the liver where it is processed. That tends to be about 20 to 25% of the glucose that you ingested. So the other 80, 75 to 80% was utilized in the body throughout the body um, by all the cells in the body to produce energy. What's left over, about 20 to 25%, is sent to the liver and processed in the liver. The liver, excuse me, then either stores it as glycogen. If it's not able, if its glycogen stores are full, it then goes to the muscle where it is stored as muscle glycogen. If the muscle is full, if muscles are full of glycogen already, then it is stored through a process. It is then starts a process called de novo lipogenesis. De novo lipogenesis. That is a fancy way of saying fat storage. That's how you start to accumulate fat either inside the body, in the liver, um, in the muscles, or around other organs, or um, subcutaneously, which is the fat that most of us want to lose. That's how the body, that's the process of which the body creates fat, de novo lipogenesis. Okay. That's glucose. That's the process of glucose coming into the body. And then finally, there is fructose. We're almost there, friends. We're almost there. Finally, there is fructose. So with fructose, while glucose is used by every cell in the body, Fructose, there is no cell in the body that utilizes fructose for energy. So fructose is immediately sent to the liver. The processing of glucose then in the liver is a process called fructolysis, which is kickstarted by an enzyme called fructokinase. Almost 100% of fructose is processed in the liver. About 20 to 25% is converted to glucose. So if the liver glycogen stores are not full, then it will that glucose will then be stored in the liver as glycogen. 
if those glycogen stores are full, then it is translated or changed into fatty acids and triglycerides. The remainder of what is left over is also converted into fatty acids and triglycerides, which are stored either in the liver or in muscle or fat tissue, again through de novo lipogenesis. So just to re-say that, 100% of fructose is processed in the liver. No other cells in the body need fructose for energy or utilize fructose for energy. Some of that is some of that fructose is converted into glucose, which can be stored as glycogen in the liver, but it cannot be stored as glycogen anywhere else. Um, anything else is converted into fatty acids in the bloodstream or triglycerides in the bloodstream and is either stored in the liver, in the bloodstream, in the muscles, or in cells to enhance the amount of triglycerides or fatty acids in those areas. Okay. I know that was a lot to go over today, but I think that that general process was important to understand to be able to see in part two of this series why sugar can be and can cause such an issue. So the main points of what we talked about today were that all sugars, I'm sorry, all carbohydrates, all carbohydrates, except fiber, break down to monosaccharides or single cell sugars in the body. All of them do. Once they're in the bloodstream, though, they are not created. They are not um, acted upon the same. Galactose is converted into glucose. Glucose is used by every cell in the body and is easily stored in the liver or in, um, excuse me, the muscle. Leftovers are, of course, accumulated as fat in different ways. Fructose, however, is used by no cell in the body. It is 100% processed in the liver. Some of it is converted into glucose, but most of it is eventually converted into fatty acids, which are then stored somewhere as well. Okay, so a couple of things to think about or a couple of questions to ponder before we get to our next episode where we'll dive a little deeper into how this can create an issue. Question number one, what kind of carbohydrates am I eating? This is an important question because, yes, all carbohydrates do break down into monosaccharides. However, if they're whole food carbohydrates, the foods or the other nutrients that are bound to them may slow down the processing of those things in the intestines, like we talked about in the counting calories. All calories are the same, but they are not created equal. Uh, another question to think about is, am I ingesting or taking in a lot of carbohydrates that contain fructose. Fructose is known as fruit sugar. Fruit sugar is a very tricky thing because it is fruit sugar. So we think of it as healthy, but that is something worth thinking about moving forward. Um, the last thing to think about is what else am I having with my carbohydrates? So 
Remember when you eat any kind of food, what you eat with the food matters. So if you have cake, if all you have is the cake, John is making all kinds of noise right now. I apologize for her. Um, if, if all you have is cake, your body is going to digest it much more quickly and much differently than if you have a chicken breast before you have cake. While those may not be very tempting combinations of food, it may make sense to follow some sort of sequence as such. Um, again, you can refer to the counting calories series to understand that process better. That's all I have for you today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you can get this good information straight onto your device. And until next time, my friends, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.